Now, hang on a moment. What are we talking about? You might be asking race review. What race? What is this going on? You might be saying that this is very close to being a farce, or perhaps it even is. But we're still going to try for something. We're still going to try for a race review right here on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits to Podium. And yes, even though we might have barely seen the cars on the track, there's a lot to talk about and this is what we're going to do for today. Firstly, we discuss could the FIA have done anything different? Then of course discuss half points for no race. Does that even make any sense at all? The implications from the Spa Grand Prix, whatever racing we saw, can be also discussed. More on George Russell, followed by the stats review by Sundaram. And you might be saying, well, barely any cars, what... Stats review are you talking about, Samuel? Generally, there are some frightening ones right here. And finally, here's a bit of a quirky one. Entertainment ideas for long breaks like this one, much like Brazil 2016 or even Quota 2018. So let's not waste any more time, much like we did early on in the day. So let's actually get on going and discuss all of it on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits the Podium. Here we are then. Welcome along, folks. My name is Samuel Arora, host of the Driving Force on Disney Plus Hotstar, joined by Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India Formula 1 team. Again, Kunal, uh, we've wasted a lot of time today, but I think the essence of it is that Rain Gods just weren't happy today. But many are wondering, does it even matter if the Rain Gods are unhappy? Formula 1 is the bravado sport, right? The machismo sport where you can go racing even though it's wet. Well, I don't know where to start, Samuel, because <laughs> I'll put it this way. We are calling this a Grand Prix review podcast, but we actually did not have a Grand, a Grand Prix, Prix <laughs> right? We did not have a race, but half points were awarded. We, we had a podium ceremony. We had a national anthem. We actually had... Nikita Mazepin right. been awarded or classified as the fastest lap of the day, the driver who had the fastest lap of the day. And here, typically, this would have been a driver nominating, nominating self-nominating himself for the Manscaped land, lawnmower moment of, of the race as well. So <laughs> I don't know, just so many thoughts. And there are parts of me where I feel cheated. There are parts of me where I feel Lewis Hamilton had the guts to walk around and say money talks and that's yeah. why we had the farcical show i would say that that we had on broadcast today uh of course at no point when i say this do i mean that yes it was safe enough to go racing but maybe maybe they could have done a little differently and also another part of my mind also wonders could this have been lando norris's pole position mm. and race win that's what he's going to be thinking all yeah. along right and then maybe even george russell's i mean he finished p2 and you know you, you take it when it comes your way but he was on provisional pole for <laughs> maybe half a minute or something yep. what if he yep. would have just been on pole he would have he would have won in williams so lots of thoughts and even though we didn't have a grand prix we're gonna have a full grand prix length episode i'm pretty sure of that I think it's crazy right uh, you mentioned only a couple of rounds ago kunal that controversy draws people in and this is controversial in many ways. This has a lot to talk about. So don't be surprised by that length. But we'll try and keep it short. We'll try and keep it concise. But very firstly, uh, let's just talk about this, right? Could the FIA have done anything different? Now, 
it really helps to have you on, Kunal. Of course, you, of course, in your role with Beer Sport Network in Norway, uh, you mentioned Hamilton going around saying money talks and the money comes from companies, say, like Beer Sport, the one you work for. As a broadcaster, what was this like all about? Because seriously, it might be beneficial just to have a two-car race and just to classify and quote-unquote just to check the, uh, tick the checkboxes, not check the tech boxes, but yes, uh, basically doing that to just get the broadcaster's contract filled out. But really, it's, it's a lot of money lost for the broadcaster still anyway, isn't there? Well, okay, so controversy, and I'm going to try and you know, stroke that a little bit more. Uh-huh. And guys, the original idea of the title of this podcast was Michael Mess. Messi. Literally, <laughs> that was what we were going to put it. But then Samuel and I thought maybe we're being too harsh on one gentleman yeah. just because he's the public face of the FIA and the one who's on radio, ones whose radio messages we absolutely love for the clarity he offers and so on, right? Yeah. But that's one thing. It's, of course, not just Michael Messi or Michael Massey as, as he's known. And uh, talking about broadcasters, talking about money talks and so on, this is in no way an official statement or an official stance, right? But uh, the question that, you know, came into my mind was, did we really need to wait three and a half hours to have two laps behind the safety <laughs> car just so that half the la- half the points could have been awarded, right? Imagine, Samil, when they did the first formation lap, what if they had just finished two laps at that time itself, right? Yeah. Then technically, they would have done two laps, which would have been enough to award half points 10 minutes into the start of the race before the race start sequence was suspended. So we would have technically waited three and a half hours or something only be told that, guys, there is no race happening. Race is now suspended uh, and, you know, we can all just go home. So, of course, you know, I'm sure a lot of decisions here were taken with regards to a lot of contracts that Formula One is bound by. Right. And my mind goes back just recently to the 2020 Australian Grand Prix because It was after the official start time of FP1 on Friday that they actually go ahead and cancel the race, right? So pretty sure there were contracts, not just broadcasters, even the organizers on ground, even with regards to fans and the refund be given, uh, you know, that, that were all taken into consideration that, okay, we are going to try and do what it takes to let the race happen. So none of the insurance clauses kick in. None of the people start protesting around, yeah. hey, but did you try enough to have a race, for example, right? And uh, I've, you know, I, I've, I was asked on Twitter, and sorry if this is becoming a monologue, but it's just one of those, the you know, lengthy points that you'll hear me speak about. So I was even asked on Twitter, could we actually race on Monday? And uh, the truth is, you know, we've seen races happen on Monday in the past. We've seen races happen on Saturday in the past, right? But we are in such a hyper-connected world, right, that for the race to happen on a Monday, there are so many millions of factors to come into play, apart from the fact that Sunfoot is, you know, less than five days away. So, you know, of course, one of the things that came up was, were marshals, would marshals be available? Yeah. But not just that. What about fans who turn around and say, hey, I've paid money for a Sunday. Why are you giving me the race on a Monday? Uh, you know, what about the fact that, you know, I travel to the Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, I've been I've been there for the last three years. You check out on the Sunday and then you go to the race. And after the race, you fly back home. So lots of logistical considerations behind which even having a full race on Monday probably did not fructify right and i would have loved to see a Grand prix on a monday on a weekday to see how that impacts things and 
again, imagine the broadcasters itself. Suddenly you're told, suddenly you are told, here's a live feed for the race for tomorrow at 3 p.m. Figure it out, right? So lots of decision making. And in the end, it was just probably like, let's blame it on the weather. Let's just go around <laughs> and say, we tried, we tried. Let's have everyone see visually. We've tried, we've tried. And then let's let's do it. So that's definitely where my stance somewhere is. So could the FIA have done differently? Maybe not. Maybe their hands are tied as well. But I don't think making fans wait three and a half hours just to see two laps behind a safety car and then classify that as a Grand Prix and award half points for Norris. Thank goodness Manchester United were minutes. playing. Nah, you, you were fine. That, that was a good point though. That, it helps that Man United were playing. Again, that's my point. But uh, later on, what I mean to say is 1972 Spanish Grand Prix. Sundaram has pulled out this stat. That was the last time Formula 1 raced on a Monday. Not my stat. Sundaram's is just crazy with that. But Coming back to the point, what we mean to say is imagine a Formula One race on a Monday. I know a certain Indian broadcaster would mind because how would they show their old cricket match highlights from 10 years ago then? Coming back to the whole show then, uh, was it genuinely too unsafe, Kunal? Now, I've got a word on this. Now, lots of thoughts going on. Lots of people saying that, of course, Formula One was in unsafer situations previously. Again, you think of uh, European GP 2007. Again, that was red flag. But we've seen worse days in terms of bad weather where visibility was bad. But I think the reason why this genuinely wasn't unsafe is what if there was a scenario, right? And and when you cancel a race, you have to go into these what-if hypothetical circumstances because it may generally look safe, but there is something that could really happen that could change things up. So imagine, uh, Orush, you're going on top of it, there are puddles, there's a really wet track. What if somebody crashes over there, hits those barriers that we have seen are terrible at absorbing the impact? They, the tyre barriers on the outside of Orush just give it back. Uh, unfortunately, what happened with Jack Aitken was the same thing. What we saw in the W Series was the same thing. What we saw with Lando Norris was the same thing. And I hate to say this, but sadly, what happened with Antoine Hubert was also the same thing. You're, it's wet, the visibility is limited. What if somebody comes in, blindly, plows into your 300 kilometers per hour? That is a dangerous sight, Kunal. And it's these sort of hypothetical what-if circumstances that makes it unsafe to race. It, it's not just, okay, well, yeah, we've raced in tougher situations before. What if something happens like that? No, absolutely. At no point uh, am I or, or you or you know anyone from our team turning around to say that, hey, the race could have gone on and it was safe enough to drive on. Yeah. There's no doubt that it was unsafe, right? Uh, it's more just to the fact that we probably knew at some point that maybe just they were going to run two laps behind the safety car and call this an end. And I don't think they should have waited. They could have waited, but they had to wait three and a half hours to take that decision. And of course, the medical car we saw, uh, you know, we saw Alan Vandermeer push. We saw him have some moments where he was yeah. wobbling around and going off track and, and so on, right? But Anyway, it's done. What's done is done. Uh, maybe the podcast now and the video we are doing is more entertaining than the race yeah. in itself. Uh, but that's that's where we suddenly are. And I have to put in a word here is the Pirelli tires, the extreme wets. Some drivers actually pointed out against saying that the extreme wets were slow and they're not capable of handling these extreme wet conditions. <laughs> and in the past, that's one of the things that, you know, I've noticed it, at least, at least in my opinion, we've had wetter races, right? Yeah. 
those races you could go racing because the extreme wet weather tire could actually handle those kind of conditions we were in a you know qualifying session yesterday where max verstappen turned around and said that the wet weather tire couldn't handle all the standing water on track as well as the intermediate tire and that's why despite the conditions being for wet weather tires the drivers actually chose to go out on the intermediate tires mm. in qualifying so a question here also has to be asked is when will we get Pirelli to give us perfect wet weather tires to go racing on as well because remember guys that's also at to safety if Pirelli are able to give tires that can race in such conditions maybe we could have had a couple of laps of race of course not denying the fact that even visibility was a challenge in the race today not just the wet weather conditions do it like the 80s have individual tire manufacturers for each team if you've got wet weather tires you can go ahead and you can race just kidding i know that isn't just practical at all let's let's not spend any more time on that let's ask another question that's genuinely been trending everywhere on twitter half points for no race does this even make any sense now there's this ad campaign by a chocolate company in india which which basically has the tagline sometimes you've got to try and do nothing George Russell has got a podium in the most George Russell fa- format canal. You you just see shenanigans happening around him all the time where his teammate gets points first or something or the other happens or when he's got a legitimate chance of winning the race his pit stop cycle just ends up breaking off at Mercedes something or the other happens but this is this is the most remarkable podium you could ever ask for but still not ask for I I don't even get what's going on now. It was life's way of just rewarding George Russell for all the, you know, all the <laughs> tough races he's had at Williams, and for all the question marks about will he still be promoted or is he going to be stuck at Williams in 2022 as well? Maybe it was just life's way of, you yeah. know, promoting, uh, uh, or life's way of t- telling George, here's a reward, just keep it. You deserved a podium at some point in Formula One, right? Uh, but uh, you know, I actually I'm going to just step back one more point because. Uh, we spoke about half points no race confusing right that's just how the rules of formula 1 are and you know something pablo elisa they tweeted on twitter saying if the race was red flagged after two laps the last lap is actually counted as null and void so technically oh. they had a one lap race wow. in which case did the drivers do enough number of laps for this to be considered as an official race oh. result of course oh. nobody's going to talk about it but pablo elisa they tweeted about it and i loved the whole confusion had the race started at all could you know checo perez have joined and if the race hadn't started the race clock had started right yeah. and then the race clock had miraculously been stopped at 1700 hours local time because of force majeure and and if the race hadn't started which was what we had you know what we were told that hey guys the race hasn't started why did the message come saying the race is now going to resume so lots yeah. of funny situations and that's why i loved the whole title michael messi that came around <laughs> and next time somebody asks me a rule of formula 1 a sporting or a technical rule of formula 1 and i do not know <laughs> it by heart and i refer to the rule book you guys better not judge me for doing that because michael masi the man who's running it for for <laughs> fia he poor chap had to keep going back and forth with the rule book to come up with decisions today so i'm just a podcaster i i'm allowed this liberty somehow <laughs> 
Guys, that's why take a second before saying something. I mean, who am I to say it? I always end up fumbling when I say my words, but take a second and revert and check what you're saying is actually correct before going on and saying something. Madness. I love it. I absolutely do. But this is just outstanding, Kunal. Half points. I think last time we got it was Malaysia 2009. Rarely ever happens in the world of Formula 1 and it's opened up quite a few doors now. Well, it has. Um... I was listening on Fernando Alonso's, uh, you know, press conference, not press media, media, media interaction after, and he actually finished P11, and he was extremely upset that half points were awarded for no laps of racing. He actually said, "I wasn't given a single lap to go racing and try and fight po- for for points." Of course, uh, quote and not a quote unquote. You can go read. You know, I, I've tweeted his interview out, but he actually said that. that i had no laps to go racing to try and get into the top 10 and that is so true and yeah. for all you guys and girls who have ocd please do not look at the drivers championship no. uh table because you have max verstappen lewis hamilton and carlos sainz junior with a point 5 you know there's a decimal in their championship points table which is going to be till the end of the season and since you know lewis and max both have a point 5 sawmill there is no way that the 2021 drivers championship is going to be settled by half a point of an advantage however unfortunate that may sound yeah yeah exactly as having memories of 1984 just watching all those yes. documentaries and ah, just craziness uh, what a good time but let's actually focus on something else now i think we have had enough of that let's focus yeah. on some stats and you might be wondering so well yeah man how can you have stats from this but it's the controversial races or the controversial races again see take a second before speaking uh, they are the ones with the best and the craziest stats sundaram's come right here and he's got one of his best stats reviews i've ever heard or listened to so let's not waste any more time let's get straight down into it here is the stats review by sundaram coming up hey guys it's time for the stats review of that Belgian Grand Prix. Now I know we didn't get a race as such. The drivers didn't manage to fight it out. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a shame. Uh, but still, we did have a race classification and points were handed out to teams and drivers. So we do have uh, quite a few stats and facts from this race, from that ultra short race. Uh, so yeah, it's time to do the review. So first up, like I mentioned, this is was a very short race and the shortest ever in Formula One history. Four laps in just 28 kilometers completed. As special thanks to Belgium's extra long circuit for that. But yeah, just 28 kilometers of, of race distance, and that's the shortest ever F1 race. The previous one was back 30 years ago in the 1991 Australian Grand Prix. Another race that was heavily affected with rain, and that race lasted just 52.92 kilometers. So. Uh, a bit of an unwanted tag but that's that these these sort of races tend to have these a bit few of these unwanted records anyway and uh, half points were awarded out to all the teams so this is the sixth time that in, in f1 history that uh, half points have been awarded in a race the last time that happened was the 2009 malaysian grand prix uh axel stappen was the race winner today this is his 16th race victory in formula 1 and he is now tied with the great Sterling Boss to take the most race wins without ever winning the drivers championship. Uh, 
Now, Sterling Moss was often called the best driver to never win a championship. I really hope Max Verstappen is is not the best modern driver to never win a championship. Uh, so he's currently on 16 race wins, and hopefully he'll have quite a few this year as well. Uh, Honda finally win at the Belgian Grand Prix after 30 long years. Now, something very interesting is that whenever they've won the Belgian Grand Prix as an engine supplier, their respective customer team has gone on to win the constructors' title that year. So in 1986, it was Williams Honda that that won in Belgium, and uh, they were the constructors' championship uh, constructors' champions that year. And from 1988 to 1991, it was McLaren Honda who who uh, became who were uh, victorious at the Belgian Grand Prix, and eventually they took the constructors' title as well. Will Red Bull take that this year? I would like that. I would like that trend to continue. So let's see how that goes. All right, so let's talk about George Russell taking P2. I know everyone is celebrating his P2 finish uh, today. Uh, he, I think he had he put in a splendid lap yesterday during qualifying. So this is Williams' first podium since the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in 2017. And this is their best race finish since 2014 in the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Now, that race was a race with double points. And today's race was a race with half points. So a bit of a points multiplier going on with Williams whenever they take P2 uh, recently. And um, very interestingly, George Russell has the same amount of P2 finishes this year as Valtteri Bottas. Uh, Yeah, they're pretty even Stevens there. Um, And lastly, I would like to say that Although I'm very, very happy for George Russell taking P2 today, and I think he's really, really deserved it. He has a potential. I'm just as gutted for Lando Norris because Sebastian Vettel was calling out for the red flag yesterday, and unfortunately, it wasn't waived by the stewards. And uh, unfortunately, Lando Norris crashed out, but he definitely had the pace uh, to take pole yesterday. And if he was on pole, it would have been his victory today. And I very recently spoke about uh, hoping to see Lando Norris on the, do- on the top step of the podium. That could have happened today. But yeah, that's all in hindsight. But uh, very happy for George Russell. And yes, that was the stats review of the Belgian Grand Prix. I'll catch you guys for the Dutch Grand Prix. I never thought that the record of the 1993 Australian GP would ever be broken. But here we are today. (laughs) There's also such a fun point that Sundara mentioned about Constructors' Championship, Honda's Omens looking very good for this year for Red Bull Racing. We shall see. But Kunal, before we head off, there is a very fun point we have to discuss. It's more about entertainment ideas for long breaks like this. I know, it's a fun way to end. But I think we've had three such big breaks in the last six, seven odd years. Why don't, why don't you go ahead first? What are the few ideas that you've got in mind of what we should do in breaks like this one? Wow. My mind is buzzing. I actually put out a tweet in the middle of all the four hours of waiting that we all did got <laughs> lots of responses so thank you everyone for sending responses specifically to rana for all the love that she's showered for the work that we do on the podcast and for the pits to podium youtube channel sonal right so i asked saying okay there's a long break everyone's waiting to be entertained there are no cars racing on track yeah what is it that formula one could do to keep us entertained then this is more than just those, you know, paper boards and those ducks and stuff that we've <laughs> normally seen, you know, the crew play around with in, in the pit lane. And it's, it's easier to do that even it's Friday practice. But, you know, in the race, everyone's just ready because, hey, the FIA gives you a 10 minute signal and boom, you're back in race mode. 
right? So some of the best ones that came my way is maybe let the drivers go have a bicycle race around since they're pretty much bicycling <laughs> during a track walk. My favorite was just put Toto Wolf and Christian Horner in the boxing ring. Let them box it out with each other. There was another one which was just put Sebastian Vettel, give him a mic and tell him to speak about sustainability and environmental damage and, and, and so on, right? And then there was, you know, another one. Since we are about Michael Messi, we should have just got Michael Messi to explain the rule book of Formula One without having the rule <laughs> in his hands, right? And uh, one of the most attended sessions, in my view, would have been Raikkonen and, uh, and Alonso actually narrating stories of their battles with the great Michael Schumacher. So, lots of things, Samuel. Do you have any ideas? Are you sure Raikkonen would have narrated? He was just like, yeah, I went side by side. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Alonso would have had a good time. I can tell you this. Uh, I, I jotted down a couple. Alonso teaching us how not to cut the chicken. Uh, Lando and George Charles on F1 2021. I think we've seen that enough. That's a bit of a dull one. Romain Grosjean was around. Maybe Romain Grosjean showing us how to juggle with fire. That is one thing he's been okay. pretty good at. <laughs> uh, Latifi showcasing his Nutella collection because apparently he's got quite a good one. And chocolate in Belgium is quite good. I've heard from my friends. So there's one thing. And finally, best for last, Gunther Steiner and Yuki Sonoda having a swearing competition. Who wouldn't love to hear that? Again, oh, not moms, I, not I, moms, <laughs> or parents. You get I, the idea. I think I, I, I totally, that's unbeatable. <laughs> that is, I was going to suggest something very blah, which uh -huh. is get the medical and the safety car drivers to just go race oh, that's each a other, good idea, you know, two you cars know? on track. I mean, it's always assumed that when those two cars are on track, it's safe enough for us to go racing. So just have the two cars that's safe enough. And then the, 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 the most obvious one at the last that I was going to say was a lot of Formula One drivers have showcased musical talents. You know, oh. Lewis and Charles play the piano. Uh, you know, I know Adrian Suttle has played the piano as well. Uh, then they can just sort of start a boy band and start that's you right. know start entertaining us i know eddie jordan plays the drums he always wanted ah. to play the drums at the force india gatherings that we had at the uh, you know at the at the at the factory during the british grand prix so lots of ideas thank you so much everyone for sending them in and uh, you know everyone just wanted to engage and entertain and samuel actually a vote of thanks a note of thanks rather yeah. for all uh, you know, all the fellow commentators and studio personnel, right, yeah. everyone involved in broadcast around the world, because, you know, it's easy for us to just keep looking at pictures and be like, something's going to happen. Maybe <laughs> go take a break. Then when the FIA shows the race control message saying, yeah, update in 15 minutes, you go take a break. But <laughs> people involved in broadcast were there for whole race duration. Yeah. Most, you know, most uh, networks also having pre-race shows and pre-race programming that go. And everyone involved had just one duty to keep having a fun chat, to keep fans engaged, entertained and informed. So hats off to all you guys who keep commentating on races, even when there is no race. Exactly. What a job they've done. Uh, again, you get paid to speak about the sport. You love it so much. It's a hard situation. I can tell you that. But that is some crazy stuff. And uh, it's a good time to end. But you mentioned about drivers entertaining, about singing. Do this when you're free. 
Elio De Angelis, South African Grand Prix, 1980, driver's strike. Not 80, 80, uh, 80, one second, when did they have the strike? When Lauda was back. 1982, South African Grand Prix, Elio De Angelis. Read and you will love it. But that, folks, is it for us today right here for the Not the Belgium Grand Prix race review here on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. I hope you had a more fun time listening to this and watching this than watching the race. It's a given. But still, I hope you had a good time, folks. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for being a part of this canal. You know the read. We shall see you next time out for the Italian GP preview right here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. By the way, there's Sanfoot next, but par- I pardon oh, you for all the, there we all the calendar confusion that happened. So there thank you very are. much, Samuel, and see you guys in a couple of days. See you.